warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Britannia, a very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism. Hi, Scott here, as usual. It's a very special episode today. No Tony, no Stephen. Somewhere across the Skype airwaves, ooh, a couple of hundred miles away, is an old friend from the Stinking Paws podcast, and we were just talking off air, and we actually haven't spoken for about two years. It's my old friend Mark. Hello, mate. How you doing? Hello, thanks for having me on. I'm very, very excited to talk about this film and to be on Real Britannia as well. well uh, really happy about that. It's your choice. Um, and we sort of spoke a few weeks ago about this movie and it's one that I wanted to review, but I know your love for this movie is so great that there was only one person that I could talk to about it, and that is yourself. <laughs> Yeah, and we have been batting this forward, backwards and forwards for quite some time, but yes. not, you know, for month, months at a time. It was sort of one note here and one yeah. note there. So it's it's not like we've, I've been hammering on about it for ages. Well, I haven't <laughs> But I kind of left you alone. No. But um, I remember, I think I raised it with you when the Blu-ray came out, and I was so excited. Yes, which I um, picked up myself last week, especially for this, yeah. and it's one of my favourite Blu-rays already. It's yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I've got the soundtrack too, uh, which I had to import from South America. Oh my God. Bizarrely. Okay. Uh, you just can't get it on streaming or anything anywhere else. Uh, I think it was like Brazilian Amazon or something. <laughs> so it's in Spanish to cover, but it's the songs, right? Never okay, before we go into the review proper, let's take a short break. We'll play the trailer and we'll be back after this. To love somebody, to love somebody, the way I love you. Some people are winners and some people are losers. Who says who's going to be what? I mean, who landed me with her? Well, she's up there, isn't it? Once he's got it in for years, you write up the pictures. Come to the pictures for this one. Enjoy again the two young stars from Oliver. Do you like to dance? Come on, do you want to bloody dance? I'm just a clown. Remember, Jack Wilde as the Artful Dodger. Now in melody. Better, funnier, cheekier than ever. Remember, Mark Lester as Oliver. Now as lovable, but more mischievous in melody. Could anyone ask for more? 50 years happiness. Helen's 50 years. 150 school terms, not including holidays. Will you love me that long? Of course. I've loved you a whole week already, haven't I? And you will always remember Tracy Hyde as Melody. I was in the Boy Scouts. Oh, yeah, me. Marvellous it was. Sing songs round the campfire. Oh, we're riding along on the crest of a wave. 
with Roy Kinnear as Melody's dad and Sheila Stiefel as Latimer's mummy. Sock it to me! James Cossins as the headmaster. The Jewish boys may now leave for private study. O'Leary, Ornshoff. O'Leary, I trust you've informed the Holy Father of your sudden change of faith. Remember? Not ass, Latimer. Arse. Lord knows you should be able to pronounce that. Remember the years between growing and knowing? I always thought kissing would bring babies. <laughs> yes, I see you when you walk down the street. No matter what your age group, this is your class. The comprehensive education that bridges the gap between the generations. OK, Melody, released in the UK, 8th of April, 1971, but not under the title Melody. It was S-W-A-L-K, which we're going to talk about in a second. Directed by Warris Hussain, starring Mark Lester, Tracy Hyde, Jack Wilde, also featuring Roy Kinnear, Sheila Stiefel, and I can't think of the father's name, Keith Barron. Is in Keith this. Barron yeah. and Kate Williams. And Kate Williams making a second appearance on Real Britannia because she also played... Phil Daniel's mum in Quadrophenia a few weeks back. Mm. The synopsis, I'm going to read this, but I'm going to ask you to comment on this, Mark, because a typical IMDb, I mean, I've been scouring the internet trying to find a nice, decent, concise, sort of like pricey for what this movie's all about, and they all get it wrong, as far as I'm concerned, because the IMDb synopsis says, two youngsters declare to their parents that they want to get married. Not sometime in the future, but as soon as possible. The story is told from the children's point of view. Now, to me, that's just a byproduct byproduct of the story. That's mm. the end product, if it were. What, what yeah. we get is something completely different. Am I right, mate? It's, it's yeah, something yeah, that, more uh, than really, that. Uh, the, the, I've found that when you talk, tell people about this film, they just kind of look at you blankly. <laughs> and it's like, you want to watch a film about kids at school? Yeah, this it's kind weird. of thing. And I kind of try and sell it to them a bit. You know, I say things like, you know how Quadrophenia was about teenagers? Yeah. This is about kind of a similar vibe, but about school kids. Yeah. Younger school kids. That's that's kind of how I try and sell it. But it's much sweeter than that, isn't it? It's 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 a very sweet tone. I sometimes sort of say, if you like Gregory's Girl, you'll like this. That's, that's a good that's the comparison. Bill yeah. Forsyth. It feels like a proto-Bill Forsyth kind of story, doesn't uh, it? It does. I mean, it's... <laughs> If you were to say that these kids grow up to be the kids at you know um, the school in Glasgow, yeah, you can see that this is the progression. It's 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 early seventies. So what we get here is let, let's let's have a bit of history of this movie. You saw this when it first came out. I saw this at the age I would must have been just about to turn six. Okay. That's how young I saw this. Film. Okay, because didn't you're... know anything about it, and I've got a feeling my mother, who used to take me to the cinema quite often, mm. didn't know anything about it. Uh, we knew that, I guess, somewhat, she, she would have known, not me, uh, that the people from Oliver were in it. Yeah. So that was probably a selling point. 
And I do remember that for years, I wasn't aware this was called Melody. It was called Swalk. Exactly. As far as I was concerned. Yeah. Uh, and I remember my mum explaining to me what Swalk meant. And it has no bearing on the film whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Um, but it, 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 stuff like that. So I saw this at a very young age and absolutely loved it at that age. See, with me, I was thinking back watching this the other day. I was like, when did I actually first see this? And I don't remember watching it on the TV. I've got a funny feeling. I'm I'm just a little bit younger than you. I'm about five, six years younger than you. But throughout the 70s, you, the same as me, probably went to Saturday morning pictures. Yeah. I yeah. think it may have been shown then. It feels like the sort of thing you'd see at Saturday morning pictures, and yeah. the kids would dig this, because it's about kids, right? Yeah. Little rascals. Exactly. So, yeah, and, it would definitely fly that way. And I'm pretty um, sure that when I saw it, you know, I probably wasn't paying too much attention because of all the chaos and the mayhem that usually went on at Saturday morning pictures. You couldn't mm. focus on what was on the screen after time. Nah, apart from Flash Gold and everything <laughs> else was like not really watched, or you're just shouting at each other. Just, just diverting a little bit. This might be a personal memory, and it might be something that never happened when you were. Can you remember at Saturday morning pictures them showing the double deckers? Yes, you can. Uh, Good. Also, remember, I'll tell you what I remember from the double uh, from uh, Saturday morning pictures. Occasionally, you get double deckers. You yep. definitely get Flash Gordon yep. or sometimes Buck Rogers. Yeah. You get Woody Woodpecker and the Chili Willy. Is it the little the penguin? penguin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you get. If you were lucky, it was a decent film like this. Or yeah. if you were unlucky, it was some terrible children film. film foundation. <laughs> the best one of those I remember seeing was one about the Loch Ness Monster that I thought was really cool. But I've never seen it since. Mm. Uh, but that was about it. There was probably other stuff. Because it was like you were packed in for a good few hours. Yeah. It? It, was, it was to let the parents go off and do stuff. That was the point. <laughs> of it, really. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure you... that's where I saw it. So Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so I sort of rediscovered it four or five years ago. Managed to find a really dodgy copy online because it wasn't available until like last year, wasn't it? The, the, no, it the was decent, Yeah. And until the Blu-ray came out, you know, there wasn't any decent versions of it. It hasn't been shown on TV as far as I'm aware for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder why that is. I, I it was I found something really dodgy about IMDb. They put tags for descriptors on. Yeah. And one of their t- two of their tags for this film is girl in a notably short outfit. You're joking. And girl in a very short dress or skirt. Oh my god. It okay. seems really a really weird plot. They call it a plot keyword, but it's like yeah. Why are they putting that on for this kind of film? I've got it, what, yes. Who's who? You would use that tag. You just got to think about what the point of that tag is. It's and the first who, two. Yeah, they're there. It's ridiculously bad. That's <laughs> terrible because the next one is parents. The next one is black comedy. But you can't, yeah, fair enough. I can yeah, see that. But but they, that's bizarre. But then there's a very good tagline to the movie itself: a tender love story for everyone who was ever twelve years old. Yeah, that's a good line. That, that sums it up. Mm. Um, so you're very familiar with this. This is one of your favourite movies. You've seen it a fair few times. The The whole thing about the wedding is not, as I say, the be-all and end-all of this movie. It's If we were to describe this film in one way, it's, it's inoffensive. It's, there's nothing yeah. you know, that's gonna people, people are going to get their backs up about on this at all. There's some funny stuff that is a bit jarring to modern sensibilities, but not offensive. No, not, not at offensive all. at all. And I really like the fact it does show London as it was then, multicultural. You know, yep. multicultural. There's no sort of hell- elements of racism. The because ki- they're kids, right? 
Yeah, innocent. <laughs> it's just that this the way things are, and you just yeah. got on with it. And and for you as well, talking about London, it's it's a part of London you're familiar with as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is Lambeth. But yeah. I live. Uh, I used to live in Tooting, which is Wandsworth, next to Lambeth. Of course it is, yeah. And I also used to go to school at Clapham Junction, which well, is kind of starting to border the sort of places that they went to. And yeah. I also used to literally used to go on the bus up west like these guys <laughs> and hang around the West End, but not. When I was six, but no, <laughs> but you can see, it, yeah. But I recognise. I thought that 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 there's when Leicester Square used to have um, a park in the middle of it, yeah. which is all gone now, and that's this and that. So yeah. I, I I remember all of this. Yeah. I even know the the very first scene, the church. I went to a wedding at that. Sorry, I'll rephrase. Mm. I went to a reception in the crypt of that church. Oh right, okay, yeah. That's St Mary's at Battersea. That's the that one, church. yeah, because the um the power station is literally in the background in yeah, that yeah. scene yeah. as well. Interestingly, in that scene, it's the Boys' Brigade. I think it's the Boys' Brigade. I, yeah. I was a member of the Boys' Brigade for about a fortnight. I think I didn't. Last. I was I was <laughs> in the Woodcraft folk for t- not for very long, but only for two reasons and girls. Yeah. It's which a... boys and girls didn't and I thought the shirt was cooler I'd like a green <laughs> shirt I just like the shirt but that's a very 70s thing the boys brigade you don't hear about yeah, yeah. anymore <laughs> it's, and it's things like that that I'm thinking oh my god it's it's my 70s it's my childhood and it's yours even more because at that sort of age you are you were 6 years old as you say when this movie yeah. came out but you remember going to school as a 12 year old in that yeah. part of town I remember um, doing Latin at school. I did. I did Latin. See again. Yeah. You know, it's, you try to explain it to the kids nowadays, mate. They 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 laugh at you. Yeah. Uh, that, the, <laughs> yeah. They talk like uh, Ornshaw does about Latin in this basically. <laughs> so yeah, can kind of see it. So quite famously, Jack Wild, Mark Lester reunited from Oliver, mm-hmm. directed by Warris Hussein. Now we were talking off air about Doctor Who. Now there's a yeah. doc- that, that's a major major Doctor Who link here isn't it Warris Hussein of course yeah do you want to tell everyone I know what it is yeah, well, I'm sure you do <laughs> yeah, he, he was the first director wasn't he it was the Unearthly Child Unearthly Child he directed the very first episodes of Doctor I think it was the first definitely the first episode of, I think he directed the whole yeah uh, the four wasn't it story yeah, yeah yeah I'm sure yeah. Uh, and that first episode, if you watch it, is kind of amazing because it sets a lot of Doctor Who tropes up pretty much there and then. There's two versions as well, isn't there? Because they yeah. um, they rescreened it, didn't they? Because wasn't it around about the it was the same day as JFK Kennedy. died? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so they had to redo it. it. Yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing production. And Warris Hussein, I think, deserves a lot more recognition, especially for this, mm. because although. There isn't anything particularly fancy about the direction and the cinematography. There are some amazing bits in here. You know, the aerial shot at the beginning where it zooms in. Yeah, uh, yeah. You head towards Kennington, I think it is, down that way. Yeah, uh, it's somewhere on the river. I'd say it's Kennington, too. Yeah. It's somewhere like that or, or you know, uh, um, oh, I'm trying to think, the elephant or something Southwark, like that. yeah, that sort of way. Sorry, yeah. I should expand for the listeners. Elephant and castle. <laughs> Like that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Still amazes me because it's a whole area of London named after a pub, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, apart from a few little sort of aerial shots like that, it's a competent job, but it, it looks fantastic, especially this Blu-ray copy that I got. Obviously, it's all cleaned up, pristine. And, I mean, let's let's go through the story. It's, it's not about two kids getting married. It's just an everyday story about kids growing up. And family life, school life in particular, 
and and the things that as an adult might not be that worrisome or troublesome to you. Yeah. But as a kid, it was it was the world. It was the end of the world to you. You know the sort of thing. Young love. Yeah. You know, just... I also like the fact it feels like it's got some basis in like the kitchen sink dramas of the uh, earlier decade. Yep. But with a bit of optimism and vitality and life buried in it, because it has got social commentary, but it's way, way, way deeper yeah. than anything. We, they're not talking about how miserable life is. Well, they kind of are, but from a kid's point of view. So it's a, a completely different thing to what we used to. So I really like it's coming from a slightly older tradition a bit, Yeah, but it is its own thing as well. And as I say, it feels like Bill Forsyth sort of based the career on not on this film specifically, but it just feels like he he, he must have watched this and been influenced somehow. I think so. And you saying about a social commentary and families and things like that, we get three completely different families here. Mm. You get the well-off family, which is Mark Lester's. I yeah. think Keith Barron's, is he a solicitor or something? I think his dad, isn't he? Or a, a yeah, they're, or or, well, they're talking about, he's asking about account. It's accountants. It's, yeah. it's white-collar work of some yeah. sort. Yeah. And then... You get the council estate of Tracy Hyde of, of Melody's family, yeah. Um, with Roy Kinnear, who <laughs> has he just come out of prison? I think he's come, or he's on bail. Well, they, they say kind of bail. say he's out on bail. <laughs> yeah. but we do see him earlier in the film. So, in the pub, uh, and yeah. So there's there's that side of thing, which is probably the side that I'm probably more familiar with yeah, on that yeah. sort of estate. And then you get Jack Wilde's family, which is yeah. And even lower down the ladder, you know. Yeah, and and my I grew up on a council estate, so I'm kind of familiar with melodies mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. But my grand great grandparents would lived in the tenements, and I'd visit them, so I yeah. kind of know that that sort side of, of things. Look as well. and feel too. Uh, that theirs were not as shabby looking as as those. <laughs> sort of there. Uh, and uh, I went to a grammar school, so I, I interacted with a lot of kids who came from you know much better off things. Yes. But we're yeah, kids, so you don't really think about things in those terms. You know, uh-huh. it's not like oh, it's us and them. It's none of that. <laughs> yeah, school. So I understand you've made a few notes. Let's go through this. Scene by scene, or we won't go into great detail, but no, no, as we'll the just story progresses, yeah. What, what have you got as your first sort of like points, uh, mate? Boys Brigade March. Well, yeah. no, actually, the opening shots. Yeah. I really like the opening shots of the opening music. Uh, we get shots of London, the Thames, the Tower, the docks. Definitely a shot of South. That's clearly South London. Yeah. That what was as we zoom in as you already mentioned. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah, I know that. That looks a bit like some of the areas uh, near Clapham Junction, sort of Club yeah. Junction, Vauxhall kind of stuff. Uh, and then we we get to the Boys Brigade March, mm. and they go into the church thing, which, as I say, is St Mary's uh, Battersea. Still looks. I checked out on Google Maps. Looks exactly the same. It's still there. Still exactly. It was always pristine and nice looking. That church. It is a good looking church, isn't it? Yeah, and you drive if you drive anywhere from Wandsworth Bridge towards Battersea Bridge. You pass it and yeah. i used to take that route quite often so i kind of know almost exactly where it is it's just quite unique it's been 20 it? years mm. since i've been there yeah <laughs> quite unique because it's actually facing the river as well you know most churches are sort of tucked away well it's you know? yeah it's not fa- yeah it's facing the river because mm. it's on the bet a bend kind of isn't right, it? it's yeah. kind of mm. the river's by the side of it and it is right next to the river yeah, yeah it's quite a nice bit of river that as well yeah uh, it's very open if you go boating on it well not boating it's more like 
it's a very open expanse wide piece of the river that yeah. there's not much, much traffic on apart from big boats so it's going to be an interesting spot yeah yeah all being redeveloped around both sides there at the mm. moment as well you mentioned music at the beginning we haven't mentioned oh yeah the music <laughs> the key part about music is it's the Bee Gees. It's the Bee Gees. Didn't know it was the Bee Gees until many years later. Right, I just okay. knew I really liked the music. Yeah. You know, I was aware of Saturday Night Fever and their involvement with Greece and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and I quite liked the Bee Gees anyway. Didn't really put together this was a Bee Gees. Most, it's not all Bee Gees, is it? But it's mostly no. Bee Gees work. I'm mad. But man, I always love the songs in this. I particularly like First of May, but yes. I like all the songs in this. Yeah, there's some famous one. ones. There's a couple of hits in there. I think there's a Crosby, Stills and Nash one as well, isn't there, towards yeah. the end? Um, I tell you what that Boys Brigade March reminded me of a little bit, and it's probably about the same year, in Get Carter. Yeah, I, I was thought the same thing. And get Carter, they watch a like um, a girl. It's a marching band, but they have yeah. their own like cheerleaders, don't they? Yeah, the not ma- majorettes, so. isn't it? That's majorettes, just, that's it. That's yeah, the word I want. and that's yeah. very similar, isn't it? With the kids yeah. hanging out the window and dogs running across the street and things like that. And a very, very similar feeling I got from from watching that opening scene. So yeah. after the boys were going, actually. Leader of the Boys Brigade Troop, isn't it? John Gorman. It's John Gorman from a band called Scaffold, yes. and better known to us kids at the time, probably from Tiz Was. <laughs> Definitely. A kid, the, the best kid show ever. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right there. Yeah. Um, and he was like one of the regulars on that. But he's, he does a good turn. Yeah, he's, yep. he's pretty good. And he, I like the fact that he's talking to Ornshaw, who is Jack Wilde's character, Ornshaw. Mm. I, I never caught his first name. I, I, I know they he's said got one. Has he got one? IMDb. Is it Dave or Derek or something? It may be, but he hasn't. He isn't listed on... Um, it's basically Ornshaw. <laughs> yeah, he isn't listed and on IMDb. Saying, Have you been drinking whiskey? <laughs> it's like this kid. I know it's uh, cough syrup, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he coughs in his face. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Yeah. But that reminded me of a very old, an old uh, Universal film where Igor... Yes. It's um, uh, Ballad of Ghosts is Eagle. I think it's Ghost of Frankenstein. Mm. And some blokes annoying him and he's just laughing. He just coughs in the bloke's <laughs> face like this like magistrate. Uh, it's typical Jack Wilde, though, isn't it? You, straight yeah. away, you know that Jack Wilde's going to be the tear away. Yeah, um, Jack Wilde is, is terrific. I mean, I also knew Jack Wilde anyway. Mm. I think, when I, saw, I, I, I mean, this was going back a bit, but I mean, I know Jack Wilde quite a lot from not just Oliver but Puffin stuff that was yeah was was about this brilliant time. because there was the movie version and the TV series of that yeah and I've got the lot I've got, got the lot we have to talk about that day. at some point as well mate. so much we need to chat when about. I show it to my kids they like it but it's like man those they even that they say oh man they must have been on some drugs when they made Can this <laughs> absolutely superb series witchy poo wasn't it I think, yeah really. witchy poo <laughs> and a little Nazi rat and <laughs> I was going to dig out some It's just wrong. <laughs> See, this is why I like talking to you. Even though we are just a little bit different in age, we've got the same memories and we've got the same watching history of movies and TV and music and stuff like that. So we meet the families. Isn't this after the Boys Brigade parade? You know, we see that Mark Lester's family is quite well off. Um, but he's a little bit of a rebel in in, in his own little way, isn't he? Uh, he's just fed up. He's yeah. just fed up with his family. They they. This is where they. I was mentioning there was some social commentary. It's kind of the, the 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 better off family just don't listen to him at all. Yes. He's, he's kind of 
has to meet whatever expert and uh, well he sets a light to his dad's paper right at the breakfast Um, table exactly that's what i mean just to try and get some attention because they're more interested in climbing the social ladder aren't they and dinner parties and yeah rubbing shoulders with the right people you know but there he is poor old sod being forced to to go to the boys brigade he's got his own little project you know he's building a, a model rocket and you can just tell that, you know, the scene at the breakfast table, Keith Barron is reading the newspaper, they're discussing everything else apart from him. They're much. just not ignore they're not paying him any attention really no. at all. Unless it's something that they think he should be interested in, right? Yeah. And he's going, Ah, oh, you get him interested in all these things, he's not interested. But he also isn't interested in <laughs> yeah. stuff. So, yeah. you know. Um <laughs> Because he sets a lot to the paper, he's saying, good, bloody good job, it wasn't the supplement. He goes, it's all these, <laughs> you know, newfangled things you're putting in his head and all this. Uh, and Mark Lester's just sitting there. Uh, yeah, that reminded me, I can't remember the story, but it reminded me of, I think someone had an interview at Eton, uh, like Winston Churchill. All right. And the, yeah. and the master said, entertain me, boy. Mm. Just opened a newspaper, started reading it, and Winston Churchill lit a match, or whoever it was, just <laughs> lit a match and put it to the bottom of the newspaper uh, as, as his interview to get in. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly got his attention. Yeah. Uh, entertained him. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Sheila Stafford gives him a lift, eh? and Jack Wilds all, I mean, they don't even know each other at this point, no, do they? No. But he just, he's a little, you know, oh, I get a lift in a car. <laughs> but getting a lift in a car was a big thing in the seventies. That's to be said. Well, especially a convertible um, like that, you know, quite a, yeah, yeah. quite a flash little motor. Um, and he it, it gets a lift up to this big house, and the, it's funny that he's in this big house because the mother obviously thinks he's a little like, you know, ragamuffin. Yeah. But he says, oh, "This will do," and he goes up to this, uh, and she kind of looks at him like. How's he living? At, how does someone like that yeah. live in an house like that? And she drives off. Then he just jumps over the wall and goes to his uh, horrible tenement. Uh, that reminded me of the Only Fools and Horses episode where well, Rodney probably, gets chopped yeah. off. Is it King's Avenue or whatever it is? And it's like, yeah, please drive yeah. away. Please drive away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, there's all that going on. So we kind of get in um, uh, Danny's, um, Mark Lester's sort of, point of view it does it doesn't look like a great family life uh really uh and we also see a bit of orange don't we but just just him going in the house really uh, yeah. but then we meet melody right well, yeah we meet melody first of all with the rag and bone man yeah i love this i love this do, do you <laughs> remember rag and bone men i from... do just about yeah. just about there was two people that you sorry three lots of people that used to drive horses around the streets of london mm. right there was coal men yes and this is like just about the very end uh there was brewers there was Drays, the young brewery yeah. and yeah. stuff like that yeah they had massive shy horses just blocking the road That's but it. they were amazing looking horses but you'd also get the rag and bow men who'd come around and take clothes and stuff yeah and give you st- well, in this, they were giving him giving balloons and goldfishes and Windmills stuff like that. and things, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. so Melody's like, well, desperate for a goldfish, so she runs back up and I think she nicks one of her mother's dresses out of the wardrobe. Yeah, good dress. Because what she takes down first, she says, this isn't good enough for a fish. Got anything else, love? And she just nicks a dress. No comeback. We never hear from that no, again, which no, is kind no. of sweet, really. Which kind of gives you the episodic feel of this movie. It's not... I mean, it does progress to a story, but as many sort of interludes, it's a very vignette kind of, a bit like 
um, um, Gregory's Girl. Yeah, there's... there's like little vignettes built into it, right? And the progress, the story progresses its own sweet way for all these vignettes and you know these little occasions in school life. Reminds... But I really like. Actually. Yeah, it reminds me a bit like a Mike Lee movie where there's no yeah. real. Again, if you tried to explain the plot, plot to somebody of a Mike Lee movie, you'd be like, "Well, it's just people interacting with each other." Yeah, and it's yeah. well, what's the point of that? But you watch it, and it's like, wow, this is just the real snapshot of everyday life captured perfectly. Yeah. That is a really good catch, not one that occurred to me. But yeah, if you mm. start thinking about some of his more cheerful films, like Happy Go Lucky, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, Life vibe. is Sweet, I think, is a, is a typical one for me. Where you try to explain the plot of Life is Sweet to somebody, and it's just like, well, it's a family. It's, it's just family life. Family there's, life. There's, right, there's yeah. no end product, as I said before. Um, so yeah, Melody, we meet the family, they're still living in this council estate where grandmother's still there. That was a big 70s thing, particularly in sitcoms, wasn't it? The family always lived with the parents. Yeah. Um, sort of on the buses and things like that. Um, yeah. And we find out that Roy Kinnear, who plays the dad, is down the pub. So yeah. Melody has to go down to get, is it money for something? Money for ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Money for ice cream. That so we see, a, we, I think this is, is this the first montage? We get a lot of montages in this film to, to sort of music. Uh, and it's great music and it's a great montage. It really gives you a feel for what's going on. This is the there's part, some funny stuff going on. It's just snapshots of yeah. life. Yeah, isn't it where she's walking towards the pump? She's got the goldfish in the jar and she lets it into the old horse trough as well. There's an old horse trough, which yeah. I remember old horse troughs. There was one uh, near me on a long road through uh, one sort of called Garrett Lane. There yeah. was one on the corner where the, there was a pub called the Prince of Wales. Yeah. There was a horse trough there. I mean, this is not going to mean anything to a lot of people, <laughs> but it, I, I certainly remember them. There's a yeah. great website, because I was looking up some of these locations. I think it's called Real Streets, R-E-E-L Streets. Okay. And, and somebody's gone to the trouble of finding every single location then and now. Wow. Um, a lot of the buildings aren't there. The council estate's not there, you know, and, and I think a hospital's been built on a certain part, but the horse trough is still there. Wow, that's filled, amazing. Filled with flowers. It's now flower, like a big flower pot, basically. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's still there. So look it up. I mean, and it, and it tells you the exact locations of all of these places. Was um, that on Blight? Kennington Road. It's on Lambeth Road. Lambeth Road. It's on Lambeth Road. So I'm not that familiar with Lambeth. I know Mm. well enough because I used to go sort of Brixton and Peckham and sort of towards that way. So I know a bit, but not as well as Wandsworth. But there's say this marvelous montage where she just lets the the goldfish into the into the horse trough and watches it swim, and you've got the music playing in the background. Yeah, melody. The song melody as well. It's It's a sweet song. Very sweet song. And and as much as I like. Jack Wilde and Mark Lester in this, and they they were billed to be the stars because of their previous you know success in Oliver and things like. That. I still think that she is probably which, all, all right. She's got the title in, and her name is the title of the movie, but I still think she is the the focus of the whole thing. I think she is a marvelous young actress in this. She's just watch what she does for me. She epitomizes exactly what a twelve year old school kid was about living in London. She's got yeah. it perfectly. She doesn't look like a child actor. She doesn't look like a Hollywood star. She just looks and acts exactly like a 12-year-old kid would have done. She's very good. Mm. She is wasn't an actress either. She was a model apparently, oh, you know, sort, right. sort of like for serial and stuff. Yeah. Um but they uh, someone suggested it to uh, presumably the director. It might be Putnam, David Putnam. Yeah, because we haven't mentioned this, have we? David Putnam and Alan Parker. Mm. Uh producer and writer 
Right, uh, Alan Parker did some second unit work as well. I think he did some of the. Mo- I think he did, for example, the um, Sports Day, didn't Sports he? Day montage yeah. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alan Parker's sort of writing credit. Uh, interesting. I wonder if this influenced him to do Bugs- Bugsy Malone. Actually, working well, with kids, probably four or five years later, wasn't it? Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So great, great. Uh, I love. Uh, just walking through London with a goldfish. It was, it was very sweet. Meet, um, meets Roy Kinnear, gives her the money. Yeah. And, and I think Roy Kinnear is fantastic in this. He's fantastic uh, in, fact, in everything, I, isn't he? And Kate Williams. <laughs> and Kate Williams, who who is, doesn't, hasn't done much field work. You already mentioned we saw her in Quadrophenia. Yes. I think this might be her only two films, apart from some sketchy... TV series made into movie. I think she was in the Love Thy Neighbor film, for example. Well, she would have been, obviously, yeah, because she'd yeah. been Jack Sm- um, Smithers' wife, yeah. She was really good in this, and Roy Kinnear was really. I think they gave you a feel for what working class people uh, were like then, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, the family life, you know, it's just the home life, the cooking of the tea, and then, you know, school kids are come round. Oh, we'll make room for you. Come and sit down, son. You yeah, know, little like, friends. Come, yeah, come sit down. We got some spare ham and all that That's kind of it. stuff. Yeah, there's always kind of room, you know, and it's, it's it's nice. You know, there's no animosity. It's just like, oh, you brought a friend home, you know. But you can imagine that if that role was reversed in Mark Lester's family, that he brings home Melody or even Jack Wild, God forbid. Yeah, there would be uproar. You know? <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, it would like they'd be try and be welcoming, but you get this veneer of uh, what you bring him around <laughs> for, bring her around for, kind of thing. Um, and then we we get a shot of the kids just running through a graveyard. I mean, what's going on here? And they're just running to the school. They're just cutting. Oh through a graveyard. yes, it's the school part now, isn't it? No. It's interesting that they graveyard comes up quite a lot in this film, mm. and it doesn't. It's not well. It might be some sort of symbol or something, but it doesn't matter because it's almost always just the kids in the graveyard doing kid stuff. I think and it's I kinda, because it's their sweet. own space, isn't it? I think they can get away from the adults there. They're not gonna, yeah, come across to me because it's, it's an overgrown part of the graveyard as well. So it doesn't look like it's well tended. So it's not going to have a lot of human traffic going through. And I yeah, think they just use right. it as their it's retreat. It's a spot of privacy, they? right? Yeah. That and the train, the tissue train yards. Yes. They kind of hang around in, right? That, yeah. But the graveyards in particular, you only ever see kids in. Yes. Using posters of Mick Jagger to practice their yeah. kissing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing too. Muriel, she was a girl, isn't she? Right? She, was, she was their age, but she was obviously much... More, more developed, and yeah. I mean that in terms of high, and she was yeah. slightly more mature. I don't mean it in yeah. any sort of lascivious way. No, cool. She was she was kind of ahead of the other. The other girls kind of looked up to Muriel, didn't they? And she was showing them how to kiss and stuff. Yeah, a bit That's... of an idol, wasn't she? Because she was yeah. the, she was the more mature one in their eyes. Yeah, yeah, but she was chasing after a, uh, one of the more sporty lads. Wasn't she? <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, yeah, and I, I do like, as I'll repeat again, I really like the fact this is kind of a multiracial thing, which London was. Yes. Uh, and a lot of areas, cities of Britain, but London particularly was, and not referred to at all. And it never was at school. It never was. No, you'd never, you'd never mention anything to do with people's colour. You might ask or... them directly about stuff, but that isn't, you're not, there's no names or any of that business no. at all. You just wouldn't do it. And, the and there's no reason to. Yeah, the interesting thing about this school as well, it's it's the headmaster is actually a, a priest, isn't he? He's a vicar. He's um, a vicar. Yeah. So there is a, one particular scene where he, he says, right, all the Jewish kids, go off and do your lessons. 
first thing, yeah, he says, uh, all the Jewish kids go to yours. And uh, O'Leary, who's funny, <laughs> funny Irish name, but he's like a half cast kid. And Ornshaw <laughs> both get up to leave. And he says, O'Leary, I'm sure the, the the Holy Father will be interested in your conversion. Ornshaw, you can do your matzos later or something like that. <laughs> and the headmaster is James Cossins, who probably more familiar to viewers from 40 towers 40 towers yeah and there's also one of the other teachers is in 40 towers as well the blonde larger lady i can't remember what she's teaching she's in the episode where it's the gourmet night and sybil's disappeared oh yeah i've forgotten that isn't she ken campbell's wife i think think one of the other teachers was too but i can't tell you specifically one of the other female teachers yeah uh, it's, it's just incredible that you see these links of people that are, go on to other things that we, you know, we're going to recognise them more for. But James Cossins is brilliant. I mean, I like him anyway as the as the headmaster. And this is very similar to Gregory's Girl as well because it's also you get a little snapshot of the school life. Yeah, and life. the stress and the strains that the teachers are under. Because is it Ken Jones is in this as well? Yeah, he's terrific too. Yeah, um, and I like these school scenes. I think these are brilliant because it is just total disruption and mayhem. How these kids ever learn anything is just it just baffles me. And it's the la- it's the disconnect of the lessons they're doing to real life that makes me laugh. It, the 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 we see a lot of re stuff and things like that. Yeah, like, uh, and Latin and uh, okay. So and he's going. Uh, he's teaching the class and goes. And Jesus said, <laughs> "Take up thy bed and walk." And he just keeps repeating it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Onshaw's showing his mate a dirty book. Yeah. Yeah, the kids um, are just, you know, just pulling each other's hair and nobody's actually paying any attention to anything that's going on. It's just incredible. Uh, yeah, it's funny. And uh, Jack Wilde's just pulling faces at people in the corridors and uh, they're all, like, bemused by this. And he said, does any of you know any of the apostles? Yeah. Does anyone know who Jesus is? It's, it's just no, getting frustrating. Nobody's paying any attention whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a great, another montage. There are loads of montages in this. Yeah. Um, of them just playing in the playground, right? It's the football and, and yeah, just boxing. Right. Are they, the, yeah. the sporty guys boxing and Muriel's giving him the kind of glad eye. Well, <laughs> he's boxing in the play. But, but what made me laugh is like a kid of about 10 is having a fag. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two <laughs> kids smoking and they're playing the thing where you're throwing the pennies up against the wall. There's a couple of kids playing cards. Yeah. Um, it's just total mayhem, you know. And the teachers walking around, they can sort of see what's going on, but it's, there's so right. much of it, so much disruption. I don't think he's going to get any control of it whatsoever. You know, people playing cricket. You know, it's just every single kid's activity is going on in this school field. I have to say, this headmaster reminds me of my old headmaster. All right, yeah. Still, actually, is very similar. Nice, nice chap. Very mm. nice. Very well spoken. Uh, really had a lot of command, but he'd have to put up with like the worst parents sometimes, you know. <laughs> it, you know, one day coming with a black eye because one of the dads had punched him, things like that. Oh, and it's wow. just when I think back on it, it's like, oh god. <laughs> but when you're a kid, it's like, okay, there's a kid there with his trousers, the arse hanging out of his yeah. trousers, but that's like normal life. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you think back at it, oh god, it's like a third world country. Sometimes <laughs> it's, a, it's a battle zone, actually, as well. In a lot of ways. Um, so then we see uh, uh, the girl. Like I say, the girls watching the boxing. Then pe- pe- there's a little a friend of Melody's is called Peggy. Yeah, uh, she's a slightly pump girl, but Muriel and stuff like that. And Peggy comes up, goes up to the bloke boxing and says, "Muriel fancies you." And, runs <laughs> off. and Muriel's like, "No, I don't." Yeah. <laughs> exactly what would happen in the playgrounds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. My oh. friend fancies you. <laughs> <all that. laughs> 
is is the next part the um the homemade bomb the firework uh there's there's a bit more okay them. Mm-hmm. there's a bit where the girls are talking about kissing that made me laugh where they're saying what's it like because oh it's quite nice when you get used to it yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and they're laughing i thought it could make babies and all yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and then we get um oh what's the chaps like the latin teacher what you that's ken you know, jones isn't it yeah yeah dicks mr dicks mm. Uh, and he's talking about WSE, Wellington's Iberian campaign. And he's oh, saying, I'll teach you a mnemonic. It's something yeah. about turtles. And uh, like Ornshaw says, what was Wellington doing in That's Spain? not important, isn't it? He says, don't worry or something. He's just like, <laughs> he says, I can't keep you. I can't keep the bright kids back for you. <laughs> he's asking a very relevant question. Yeah, he says, but what's he doing <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, but I remember lessons. You just wanted to waste time, so you'd ask the teacher, or you come up. I remember we had one teacher who said system in a really odd way. Yeah. He was a history teacher, so we'd spend whole lessons just asking him about what's the speed and land system, sir. So we'd just say system, over, and we'd have bets, oh. see how many times he'd say it and stuff like that. Kids it was be, really bad. Yeah, kids <laughs> could be so cruel. <laughs> kids are like that. So, uh, oh. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So there's that, uh, and then it was the bomb. First, <laughs> first thing of them trying to make a bomb. Uh, now this is, as you say, sort of like the the disused part of the docks. Now looking on that website. Uh, this part can of I London... take a guess? I don't know. But Go on. Tell uh, that looks like uh, the Isle of Dogs to me. It does, but it's not. Shall I tell you what's there now? Go ahead. It's the new US Embassy. Bloody hell. That's where That's they built that. Yeah, they <laughs> built the, the new USA Embassy there, the American So it embassy. was on the south side of the river then? Yeah, it looks like it, that one. Oh, yeah. okay. All that land. It's wow. either this part or it's the bit at the end with the arches and the railway, but it's obviously all filmed in the same sort of location. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's probably where the U S embassy is now. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. But it does, it does look like old sort of Isle of Dogs or Surrey Docks or something like that. But no, it's, it's there. And in, in film history, you see a lot of the redevelopment in those areas in the film Long Good Friday. Yes. Right. Because they're actually talking about London being rebuilt. How prophetic if you was that go film? through the films, yeah. you kind of start seeing it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. It's so prophetic, the Long Good Friday, because they're talking about, you know, the 1984 Olympics being held there or the 88 Olympics being there. But it, it wasn't until 2012 that it actually came true, you know. So. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so the homemade bomb. Now, this is... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Danny is sort of spying, you know, because he's new to the school, he's kind of spying on them, and yeah. it's like the building bomb, and they're saying, go away, you spy. Yeah, and, he's got no and, real friends as yet, as he bless him, so... Yeah, Ornshaw's saying, oh, it's only a bit of weed killer in a can. It's not <laughs> bloody NASA. It's <laughs> something like that. Oh, but yeah, the, um, the attempts to make the bomb, I think this happens two or three times, and it, it sort of becomes quite handy towards the end in, in quite a very yeah. dramatic way um, yeah first few times they just fizzle out but they tried and he's trying that guy but the thing that gets me as well i think you see him later and he's actually building the, the firework bomb thing under his desk in his desk in the school you know he's actually and the headmaster walks in and yeah, doesn't and he's say still, words and, and he's just slowly putting bits away and it's clearly a bomb yeah and, <laughs> and the thing is as well that it's an oval team can when was the last time you saw a tin of oval team well, you know? yes. <laughs> but it's got a massive fuse you, it could be anything of the one yeah it looks like a, one of those ones that you'd see in the tom and jerry cartoon or something yeah, you know exactly. had the tnt yeah. written across or whatever <laughs> yeah uh we also get a touch of probably the only bit of political incorrectness now in this film right. at this point all the kids are like 
uh, Ornshaw goes, uh, right, last one on the bus is a queer. And they oh, that's right, because they just bundle onto the bus, don't they? And they'll just yeah. barge their way through. Yeah, forgot that. Yeah, yeah. We should talk about those open back buses because uh, mm. they were like amazing, but they they're so dangerous. Well, yeah, you're dangerous. off the end, you know. And conductors as well, you know, with the ticket machines and I miss it. I do miss that sort of thing, mate. I do it? remember hanging off the back of a bus, mm. um, going about forty, just yeah. hanging off the back rail yep. with my feet on the thing, just like li- not on the bus <laughs> at all, really, just like <laughs> hanging on the side. It's ridiculous. It's really bad when you hang around, but never yeah. mind. I'm, yeah. I'm all right. <laughs> you survived. Yeah. Is it, so I think what happens at this point now, don't they end up going up west now? They go out west and we get again another montage. There we see them in Trafalgar Square with the pigeons eating loads of popcorn. Yeah, now Trafalgar Square is probably in the Hall of Fame more than any sort of actor or actress because there are so many movies that we've watched for Real Britannia, that feature Trafalgar Aren't Square. Aren't they? Like what? I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean... It was in Seven Days to Noon. It was... Was oh, it? Yeah, three or four movies that we've reviewed. And the only reason I notice it is because my office overlooks Trafalgar Square, where well, I work. know what Trafalgar Square is at. Yeah, and I desperately look out for my building because I work next to St. Martin in the Fields Church. I'm in that uh, building okay. there. So I'm always look, on the lookout to um, to see if I can see what the... you know. And it's, it's back then before it was all pedestrianised as well. You know, you could drive all the way around in a circle around that was like, oh that man point. that was so nice when yeah. you my claim to fame is the only time i've been on national tally was it i was in trafalgar square on new year's eve oh right amongst waving at the camera hundred thousand other people yeah. <laughs> it was like i don't know it'd probably be 83 or something 82 something like bloody hell yeah and, and, and as you said there's the um the bit of Leicester Square, and, and that's where Jack Wilde starts taking the mickey out the bloke doing the sand dance, isn't it? Oh, that was amazing too. And I remember that. I remember going up <laughs> like Knightsbridge and um, uh, like those sort of areas and seeing that bloke just dancing in the middle of the yeah. road. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the sand dance, right? Yeah, I saw um, there was an interview at the end of the Blue. Have you seen the interviews at the end of the no, Blue? No, I haven't right? watched them. Uh, well, there's um, an interview with Boris Hussain, Alan Parker, um, a couple of the other guys, you know, involved, and they just said that Jack Wilder, that guy, was actually officially like just performing. He was there in the middle of the road. Yeah, and and Jack Wilder just went along and done that spontaneously, and they just captured it on film. That is a genuine reaction from that bloke chasing him away. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's all, he's, he's egging, isn't it? Because yeah. he does like a big gesture at the end <laughs> when the kid's well gone, just because he's That's like, yeah, right? throws his hand up, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Jack Wild tries to sneak into a girly club. Oh, Soho, uh, isn't it? They're sort of around that way, yeah. Yeah. Soho, the most disappointing red light district ever in the 70s. I'm sure it was. It was really tame. Yeah, compared, yeah, to, compared to Amsterdam or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I always thought tourists must be so disappointed with it. Ooh, let's go to Soho. And it's like, it's, what? It's, it's just dark it's and just seedy. It's the old yeah. rotten streets. <laughs> Fle- flea pity old, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's the, the scene where, isn't there a tramp asleep? And they yeah. go up to him and they put their hand on his chest put to check he's still breathing. And, he looks at, and there, there's a poster of Patton on the wall, which came out like... The year before, year before didn't it? Right? won the best picture, didn't it? I think the year before, 1970. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack Wilde just does a pose that, in the same way as Patton. <laughs> so a nice slice of life, that it's, bit. That it's, bit. All of it, it is. Like you say, going up west as a kid, which I didn't really do, because by then we'd sort of, we'd emigrated to Kent by then. Um it was what your kids would do, wouldn't it? You could just jump on a bus. You know, you're only jump on a bus or get the tube in. Yeah, wherever. twenty minutes away. You know, and you're there in the middle of Soho or you know the West End. Um, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, the, I mean, also the music again is the VGs give your best to your friends, right? It was that, yeah, that very, of... very you know, clever choice of music in this. Even though it is the VGs all the way through, the, the actual music choices reflect what's on the screen. To a lot yeah, of... they capture the mood. Not necessarily the words in some of it, but um, they just capture the mood. They really mm. are cut together well. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, it's. Again, you try and explain this to people, and it'd be like, "What? It hasn't got a music score? No, it's 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 songs pretty much all the way through, isn't it? I can't yeah. think of any music score throughout the film. And there is just, scoring because there? there is scoring on the um, um, CD. For example, in the in the earlier in the first scene with the uh, playground, yeah, there's a song which is la 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 la, which yeah. is scoring. But there is scoring as well. Ah. But it's more the Bee Gees songs that are much more you know prominent. Yeah, yeah, no, it just works. It's, I think that's what makes this film unique. And again, as I say, try and explain it to people. It's it's about school kids. It hasn't got a traditional soundtrack. There's no real story to it, and it's just an everyday slice of life. But there is something at the end. You know? Yeah, um, I did mention that I got the, I had to import the soundtrack from sort of South America, yeah. uh, and the reason this film's called Melody now, not Swalk. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Swalk in the UK. Yes. Seal, which is uh, an acronym to mean sealed with a loving kiss, which yeah. you'd write on a letter. Yes, right? that's right. I, that has nothing to oh, bearing on this film, but that's what it means. Um, <laughs> but when it was overseas, it was called Melody. Yes. And it, apparently this was, this was massive in South America. South America and, and Japan. Japan, yeah. for some reason. Huge. It made like teen idols of, of Tracy Hyde in particular. Really? That's yeah, in, in Japan. Um in the interviews, um, Alan Parker is absolutely incensed that they changed the name. He said it just doesn't make sense why they changed it to Swalk for the British market. Yeah, it doesn't. No. Melody's a much better name. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, and basically because it was so well overseas, it just became Melody. Right? Yeah, dropped that name. It was. Th- 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 they took the kids out to Japan and they were they were mobbed like the Beatles were, you know, wow. overseas and things like that. Um, and apparently. I think Tracy Hyde used to go out there for years and years afterwards for conventions and special screenings and things like that. And is it Coron, the guy that's directed Birdman or something, isn't it? It's, he cites this as one of his influences. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I'm but, glad someone recognised it because yeah. it deserves to be way more well-known yeah. than it is. Well, then that's the South American influence. You know, it's um, he saw it as a kid and he said it was this movie that wanted me to become a filmmaker. Uh, that's interesting that because I think I can kind of see films a bit like this uh, prominent in Spanish cinema I'm thinking of things like uh, was it uh, was it Summit of the Beehive Spirit of the Beehive Spirit of the Beehive yeah yeah about the same sort of time two years later yeah Yeah, it definitely has a similar vibe it's a different kind of film but it has a similar vibe man I'm digging back here man I haven't seen that film in about 25 years nor have I straight away I knew what you meant yeah I nearly said Voice of the Beehive but I know what I meant see I know what you mean with those as well from the 80s (laughs) (laughs) um Back to the school, isn't it, after this now? Well, they get a cab back. Yeah. There's an interesting scene here that's kind of subtle and that uh, calls a taxi and, like, uh, and Orange saying, I've only got one on six. We can't get a taxi. <laughs> but it's like they get a taxi to Danny's house and he goes and gets money from her parents who, who pay out without a cough. Yeah. And then um, Orange kind of like, 
he, he's not seen this life before. he doesn't understand he can't compute I don't think yeah. someone just getting a taxi and going to get money for it yeah that's and a kind luxury of, isn't it he yeah. starts like just wandering off he's bemused and Daniel's <laughs> saying oh I reckon I'll get some money if we can go to the pictures and all this yeah. and in the end he turns around and he says I don't want your bloody money yeah uh, but then he realises like you know it's not Danny's fault no it's not sort of sympathy hang on I've got money sort of thing I'll treat you it's, it's, it's genuine you know I want to be your mate yeah, uh, but he says, no, nah, I can't because I've got to go home and put my sausages on the ball for my granddad, which is right. boiling sausages. That's that tells right. you everything about British cuisine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh as well because... Because um... every time I say it, I say, oh, yeah, people used to actually boil... So- I remember boiling sausages, I... seeing boiling sausages, yeah. but everyone bakes them now, right? Which is exactly. As you know, I, I work in the homeless sector and for years I worked in supported housing and things like that yeah. and one of my clients uh, used to just cook everything in the kettle he would put sausages kettle, wow. boil, boil eggs there and things like that and then make tea in the same water uh, so, you know, so... Uh, beef tea <laughs> well, <laughs> just didn't bother rinsing um, it out and uh, Danny started saying maybe my mum could come round uh, and help and clean and, uh, yeah yeah, totally yeah and Angel's like uh, oh man if he carried if 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 she came around, my granddad would have a heart attack. And he goes, mind you, an heart attack would do him good. <laughs> See, it's like you say, subtle little bits in the script like that that you probably don't get first time round. Um, no. It's very clever. It's very clever. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we get um, another one that is properly Gregory's go again, I think, which is the, the boys start... No, it's the girls are having a dancing lesson. And the separation couple. between the boys and the girls is evident here, isn't it? Which is yeah. exactly like Gregory's girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I was thinking back on my school days, and I don't think we had that separate. We did... Pe- girls didn't do dance in my school. It was Everyone did PE. We did it together. Yeah. The, the girls did Mind dance you, that, in the that's primary school. school. Yeah, I went yeah. to an all-boys secondary school. So Same as, yeah. But I remember as, as a youngster, I think, in primary and junior school, the girls had that dance or interpretive dance or something you know they they had that particular thing while we played football sometimes you know yeah um, so uh yeah ah, okay um but they get caught spying them and the drag teacher drags them in and makes them start <laughs> dancing the girls think it's hilarious don't they and uh but that's just typical jack wild. gets into it a bit he yeah gives it something, typical he? jack wild you could just see it's like <laughs> okay you know you've caught me let's just just have a laugh with this um, <laughs> So dad is kind of part of the gang now, really. That's kind yeah. of what that's getting to, isn't it? Uh, somewhat. Um, uh, and then we see the girls go off, as you've already mentioned, go in the graveyard. So a, a little, well, they're in private. Obviously, it's next to the school, right, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they've got a po- big poster of Mitchell, a ridiculously big <laughs> poster of Mitchell. They said, oh, isn't he lovely? Oh, this. dear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of all the teen idols, they... Uh... They yeah. choose Mick Jagger from 1971. I suppose it's, it's pre-David Cassidy and David Soul, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, so. interesting. <laughs> uh, but Muriel shows him how to kiss, and, uh, and they see uh, Danny's kind of spying on him, and they just giggle at him, don't they? Yeah, right. bless him. He's just, he's just wondering. He's just He just wants to make friends, and he's just intrigued as to what's going on at the end of the day. Yeah, right. well, also, just before that, this is the, the dancing is the first time he kind of sees Melody or registers Melody. Yeah. And we kind of get that connection with him to her, but yeah. not the other way around yet. Yeah. Uh, and the kissing scene is her kind of noticing him. Yeah, even though it's um, sort of Muriel's the one that's doing the kissing. She's there on the outskirts, isn't she? And she sees him sort of poking his head from between the tree and a, a gravestone, I think it is. Yeah, and they're worried, like, have we seen... 
who's watching us? Yeah. And then they see it's him and it's like, they're not bothered, you know. Yeah, it's all right. It could have been a man or something. Yeah. That would have been creepy. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, there's that. And then we, we get a shot of Ornshaw's house, his tenement house. We get an old tiled <laughs> fireplace, which my great-grandma used to have one just like that. Yep. And a stove just like the, you know, he puts an old a kettle on a stove and he's sort of doing stuff. Doesn't and he's kind of tidying up a bit, isn't he? Um, doesn't he empty out like a bag of chips from the packet and puts them in the oven, doesn't he? On, on a plate? Yeah, yeah, packet of chips in the oven, put, drops load on the floor, puts them on the plate, just puts them in the oven to warm through. <laughs> um, presumably for his granddad, but it might be for him. We never actually see his granddad. Don't do see we? anybody apart from the cat on the table, I think. The cat on the table, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get go back to Danny, Danny's house and he's saying, but you promised and his mum saying oh I've got a, a meeting I have to go to and all this so again not concerned about him at all no it's it's because you know she's isn't she like drinking a cup of tea he's holding the cup of tea for her and she's busy putting her earrings in and it's yeah, just like yeah and she says can you wash it out for me as she yeah, leaves yeah. It's like that. and then he goes around and he sort of says I'm sorry she couldn't come she was a very she had to go to a meeting but she said it was very important but I've come around to help and like Ornshaw's mm. like oh, okay come on. <laughs> and they kind of we don't see any more of that there's no more uh, scene of that but they're kind of bonding still really exactly right? yeah the friendship's just sort of sort of blossoming at this point isn't it and, and still Melody and there's no interaction between Melody and Mark Lester still no, at this no. point uh, but then we get the assembly, that amazing assembly, where they just uh, they they saying, oh, "I'm not going to start until there's quiet." And the kids just carry on talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these kids are making me laugh, and I'm sure one of them was smoking in, it, what, in, the, in the assembly. I think one blow, blew a smoke ring. <laughs> I can have I to go back and have a look. Smoke. But I remember, again, at school, I remember we had one lesson. We had an English teacher who'd smoke like a trooper yeah. right, for the whole lesson. And some guys once sat at the back of the class and actually started smoking too. Bloody Cause hell! Because uh, of the smell of smoke was everywhere, he could you couldn't um, he couldn't smell it. So he got so away. He, with this it. guy was smoke. One of the pupils was smoking in this lesson. Cause, wow! Like, I don't remember teachers smoke. The only time I think I had a teacher that had a pipe. I think. Oh yeah, I had pipes, but yeah. also smoking. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember some smoking. Yeah, I don't remember smoking actually in the lessons. Um, incredible! Like yeah, as you say, it's just. It's a whole different world when you think back. Yeah, um, and uh, what else? So, uh, and then we kind of see a bit of Chinese whispers. I think Danny says to Ornshaw like he likes Melody. I think it never actually is explicit, but basically the whole assembly you see this whisper. Yeah, yeah, till it gets to Muriel, I think. Who then tells Melody. And then you get this look, don't you, where she looks behind her. And, yeah, and, and she does mention later, you're telling other pe- pe- people you love me, but why don't you tell me kind of stuff? Yeah. So I guess that's the payoff from that bit. That's good. But then there's that kind of very sweet and funny cello lesson, which, again, I would definitely ripped off in Gregory's Girl, this kind of thing. There is. Um, there's the music lesson. And, and Mark Lester had to learn the cello to play that. Cello. Yeah. Um, so he's in the cello. And if that's him playing, that is amazing. Yeah, he learned specially for that. He said, I couldn't play wow. I couldn't play the cello. He said, it took me a couple of weeks to get, you know, that, that bit. You'd think they'd just loot that, but he was yeah. doing it, right? It yep. looked like he was doing it. Yep. Um, she starts... So Melody and another girl were sitting, waiting for the lesson. Uh, and uh, Mark Lester turns up with a cello, and we hear a tuba, <laughs> and then the littlest kid in the school comes out. It's always the smallest <laughs> kid's got the biggest instrument, yeah. That is so Bill Forsyth, that bit. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the, the, the tuba's bigger than him. You can't even <laughs> see who it is. I think it's the little 
blonde kid with glasses who who was smoking earlier in the playground. Yeah. Again, it's funny that the littlest kid was the one smoking. No, yeah. And he just walks out. And then uh, I think the other girl goes in for a lesson and she starts playing Frere Jacques. Yes. Uh, and then he starts accompanying her, and it's kind of a sweet scene. They don't say a word, do they? No, don't it's just that word. musical interlude, and it's just, well, that's that's nice. That's just the perfect little sort of 90-second segment of the movie, yeah. Yeah, and it's, they're, like, they're like doing that, and the, t- the teacher sort of says, could you, uh, um, what's, what's Danny's surname? I've forgotten. Uh, uh, whatever it is. She says, could you go take a note over for me? So that kind of interrupts Latimer. it. And that, that's Daniel Latimer. Mm. Sorry, Daniel Latimer. Latimer, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's right. Um, and then we get, which I think really telling. This bit, I think, feels like the most class commentary in the whole thing, which yeah. is we get the dinner party of the middle class dinner party. Yes. Well, firstly, they're kind of revolting people. They're kind of <laughs> laughing at the, like these poor wretches and yeah. stuffing their faces and laughing. And it's shot low. So you're kind of looking up, at them, which yeah. makes it even more disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's probably sort of from, from Daniel's point of view as well, being yeah, the smallest yeah, exactly. one at the table, isn't it? He's looking up at these adults behaving that way. And much. it's kind of asking them for things. It says, I don't like this bread. Can I have some white bread? And they're mm. just ignoring it, not even acknowledging yeah. it. Yeah, it just makes you wonder why he was actually invited there at all. You know, he's, yeah. He's, why wasn't he just, you know, given his supper and go and sit in your room for the evening? You know, we've got we've got people around, but he's he's been dragged in as part of it. As, you know, I don't know why. I don't know why. But yeah. to show and, to show um, him off or something. You know, but. it's very seventy. Sheila Stiefel's rocking the cleavage, and <laughs> one of them's got a cravat. <laughs> yes, yeah. Keith Barron's wearing like this this scarfy type cravat thing un- under the shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, right at the end, it's like they. Start getting, she starts clearing up the plates and then she says, oh, Danny, you haven't finished. Oh, well, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. All that's, all that's, terrible. All that's missing and, is a fondue set and a bottle of Matthias Rosé, pretty much. Yeah. Is, 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 summed it up nicely. Yeah, but then, this, this is the definite classic. It transitions. We see a cheesy old black and white film, Yeah. but Melody's sitting with her mum and her grandma with her tea on her lap watching yeah. the telly and if there's nothing else that about class you need to know is how do you eat your dinner That's all you <laughs> need to know. if you have yes. it at a table you're middle class if you have it on your lap that's it working class that's it yeah but i think that's all getting mixed up now but back then that's how it was and yeah. we always kind of had our tea uh we had a, quite a lot of meals in front of the uh tally yeah sure. not breakfast because there's no telly on that's like true that. back then that's very um, true yeah um, but every other meal you'd have in front of the telly and that was like you'd never ever talk to each other forget it <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't matter what was on you'd just be watching whatever because yeah, you didn't have much choice two channels three I would, channels I would watch Star Trek there's no, there's no <laughs> yeah that would have been on I suppose yeah of course yeah, yeah. um the only way I'd get to the uh, sit at the table was if uh, my grandma was watching cro- Crossroads or something terrible, <laughs> and I just wasn't interested. Then I'd sit at the table. So I found that really interesting. That that shows you. I think that was kind of a, that's what I meant. I think we're a very subtle sort of slight class thing, but yeah. I wouldn't say it's pointed or anything like that. It's just a reflection of reality. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like it. That's what makes it work because there are three distinct families here, and they are three different ways they're living their life and yeah and, and as we say you know there's, there's jack wilde getting like last night's chip supper on a plate and warming it through mm. then you've got the posh dinner party and then you've got dinner on your lap in front of the telly yeah yeah it's very very interesting mm. and it's interesting that mark uh sorry uh yeah uh 
Danny, he's he's really not getting any attention paid to him at all, and it's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, he must be kind of lonely in that house. Yeah, and this is why you can see that he's desperately trying to make friends at the school, and it's at this point now, like you say, that he is actually finding friends now. You know, he's he's bonded with Melody over the music. Yeah, Jack Wilde is definitely a mate at this point, and because Jack Wilde's accepted him, as you say, the others have accepted him as yeah. well. But he's still on the outskirts a little bit, isn't he? He's still yeah, not he's got quite, a different home life. Yeah, I think. still not quite fully there. And we get and we follow this up with a, a kind of an interesting scene. With Melody's kind of Melody is an interesting character in that she's trying to figure stuff out and she's not pretending she knows stuff. She's asking. Yeah. That's, She's just trying to figure her stuff out. And her mm. family life's pretty good. It appears to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, but she starts saying, um, she starts talking about, oh, yeah, we saw the man. And her mum's like, <gasps> yeah. what man? In the graveyard, yeah. And the, the old grandma's like, what man? Mm. And she's saying, the man, oh, he showed, did he show you his legs? Oh, yeah, she said. <laughs> but then he got hit with a brick and all this. And she makes up this quite dreadful story, yeah. <laughs> from a parent's point of view. Um and then she says, but the boy scared him off. And she said, what boy? He goes, the boy with the green hair and the, was it, green ears and the red <laughs> hair and it, the yeah. stuff. She's, um, she's just, I don't know, it's, it's winding up her parents and her, and her grandmother. Yeah. Um, she doesn't leave him hanging too long, though, because first it's like, I'll go, I'll kill him, I'll call the police. And she said, oh, don't do that, it's gone. But is, uh, that, but, is that sort of an attention-seeking thing, similar to Mark Lester setting fire to his dad's newspaper, do you think? Do you I think... don't know, it kind of is, but not the same, because yeah. I think she does get attention Exactly, that's why I couldn't work out why she done it. I think she's just, she, she just likes a laugh. She's like, she's I got that sort of relationship. In, it was something about the boy, more than... The, ah, the, right, okay. Mm. It is interesting, she's trying to find out what her parents are getting, and she's well, what do you, what... Did he show you something? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Uh, and they kind of don't know what to say, do they? Yeah. <coughs> I think it's, she's got that type of relationship with her parents that she can she can be cheeky and wind them up. Yeah. But there are ways of doing it, and she was doing it in quite a bizarre way in this particular case. Uh, yeah, and the grandma was making me laugh. She's saying, oh, I'd get my mouth washed out with soap so water. I'm told about that. And it made me like, reminded me of the randy old ladies from Harry Enfield. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. All that. <laughs> There's a touch of that. Yeah. Uh, but she does finish the scene with, he was quite a nice boy, really, which means she's thinking about Danny. Yes. I would say that. Yeah, but it was so, an odd scene. It didn't mm, quite fit with the rest of it. Yeah. Um, then Danny, uh, Melody's having lunch with her friends uh, at that disgusting lunch. Oh, well, the school, <laughs> school dinners. Lunch. It's just, yeah, that's, that's typical of what school dinners yeah. were like in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and he asked to go sit with them, but then uh, a friend comes over and takes his place. So he has to go sit with the boys and they will have a laugh at him, don't yeah. they? Yes, the separation um, bit is still obvious here, boys and the girls. It's just, yeah, never the twain shall meet. Yep. Yeah. Um, the... Um, then it's the school disco, right? Which really made me laugh because Ornshaw's talking about the Ed Marcy. He goes, oh, he wants to be our friend. He goes, I prefer him when he's beating the hell out of us. Because, oh, yeah, there's corporal punishment in this. This is early 70s. so slipper, run. isn't it, in this particular case? Yeah. And, um, um, so, yeah, that was part of our school life. Slipper yeah. or cane. Yeah. Cane for the worst things, slipper for the least. Yeah, we had a stick oh. rather than a cane. Um, yeah. But yeah, at this particular school disco, the teachers are up dancing with the kids, and they're just the kids are desperately trying to avoid dancing anywhere near the teachers. Yeah, Owen sure made me laugh because he's uh, he's rocking a full seventies outfit, like the shirt with a big collar and the <laughs> neck 
a scarf around neck scarf yeah. and all of this yeah. and he, he's saying about melody look at her she thinks she knows it all because she's dancing away uh, <laughs> but then they end up dancing together don't they with mark lester and melody yeah mark lester said come come dance with a friend so i can dance with melody he goes yeah. oh you're joking and all the kids go go on go on <laughs> and he goes all right all right i'll do it <laughs> and what does the master say go on, come on on sure sock it to me sock it to me oh it's sure. disgusting also <laughs> what does he think he's like it's <laughs> <laughs> that's what school disco I don't remember the teachers ever dancing at school disco yeah but... it's like oh he wants to be our friend why you don't want him to be our friend yeah. be an headmaster well, but I that. certainly remember like boys up against one wall girls up against another and oh, this big yeah, empty space in between terrifying yeah. terrifying <laughs> chance yeah um, uh, and they're singing a song which isn't a Bee Gees song it's uh, I can't remember it's by but it's on the soundtrack but yeah. you know what There's this song this is again a deep sort of dive mm. reminds me a lot of the song that's used at the end of the police sir movie which i quite like Ooh, i can't movie. remember the end um, of the police sir movie yeah, yeah it's a song by Cilla black i'm not a fan of Cilla black right but it's a song by Cilla black that goes la 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 lee do you <laughs> love me and it sounds a bit like this it oh, just right, okay. and the whole vibe feels kind of similar other than mm. in the police sir movie they're pretending to be school kids but they're all about 30 yeah that was bizarre <laughs> I, I did love that series <laughs> uh, the film i really quite like the film as well actually i haven't yeah. seen that for a long time long yeah, long time it's, it's it stands up it stands up mm. there's a few i mean it was a tv to movie transition or tv series, and yeah. most of those fall quite flat but yeah there's, uh, there's a few that really work police uh, and steptoe Steptoe, the two or three Steptoe movies. The Bless This House one's not too bad. Nah, I yeah, I that's know. not bad. Peter Butterworth plays the neighbour in that. And, Some uh, of them just don't work, but the Police Sir mm. movie does stand out quite well, Yeah, uh, I'd say. Um, so, uh, But Ultra's whole commentary about, you know, how's he got the nerve to do that? <laughs> I don't want it to be my friend. All that really makes me laugh. Yeah. And, uh, but they're dancing, and then Peggy's sort of saying, you, I don't think I want to dance with you. You dance stupid. Or something like that. Like, what do you mean? He's properly incensed. Yeah. Because it's. But the thing is, he's not paying her any attention. He's just looking around, and he, um, which yeah. is fine. But she, she's kind of. She's noticed yeah. him now. You know, it's 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 got to the point now that she's interested now. Yeah. Um, and and it's been done in very sort of like small steps and subtle ways, as you said before. You know, it's we haven't got the full blown tender relationship part yet no which is no. literally just around the corner it's 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 on its way now yeah um then we see a bit more brom work but this time bizarrely they don't run off and hide which they did with all the other ones they all sit there and watch this bomb right in front of it <laughs> probably because they know and it's it, not going it, to actually explode <laughs> they, it reminds me of a public information <laughs> yeah, um, dangers of yeah, oh yeah God, uh, but it does go off in a black cow of smoke and cover <laughs> cover the guy that's building them in you know black whatever, yeah. but they all start celebrating again and again uh, was it um for he's a jolly good fellow or something like that. <laughs> they're all singing and dancing they start dancing around don't they yeah then we get a very sweet scene where Melody kind of empties her mum's makeup bag yes. out and starts putting yeah. on lipstick and then mascara and all this. Mm. Um, right, and again, some music, kind of sweet. Uh, now, this isn't a song or such, it's, it's you know, it's, it's music, yeah. uh, but it kind of fits the mood very well. It's uh, I think it's a refrain from First of May, but done in a different Right, style. okay, so it's like a musical part of the Bee Gees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, she's putting on her makeup and like doing a bit of a pig's ear of it, but nah, yeah, it's very sweet. It's very yeah. sweet. Uh, but then it's like Melody, your tea's on the table. She goes, oh, oh okay. <laughs> starts back to back off. to reality. Yeah, back to reality. Uh, and then we get the sports day, which is another great montage. This is a, we think Alan Parker did right. He definitely he said on the interview that he re, he was given free reign to to start some of these, at least some of the scenes in the in the sports day. Yeah, and and again, typical Gregory's girl. This this sort of thing is. It's a montage, there's music playing, and it's just <laughs> kids being really crap at sports. You know, when you watch them, you know, the, the long jump, they're jumping about three foot. The javelin's yeah, only the being The teachers thrown. get really annoyed, and also <laughs> the teachers are like ducking back with the discus. And, yeah. You know, so <laughs> javelin's being thrown literally just in front of them, you know, making yeah. no, no effort whatsoever. But And we get a, a bit of Ornshaw's philosophy of life. He goes, well, we got to run around like mugs because someone's got to be a winner, right? And it's not yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, saying, oh, I don't get stuck with her. And Danny says, pointing at his mother, who's like sitting there laughing, eating cream cakes. That's right. She's hobnobbing with all the teachers, and yeah. And yeah. Onshaw, I do like Onshaw because he's not got an easy life. It's clearly, clearly isn't. But he's kind of he gets on with it, right? And yeah. he's actually telling Danny why he's not got it so bad, but mm. not in a you think you've got it bad kind of way. It's kind of well, but you got your stamp collection, you got your models, <laughs> and you're good at drawing and all that. He goes, but I hate stamps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the distinction between them is quite clear, but at the same time, you can see them actually being friends. You can see why they actually chose to to hang about yeah, together. Yeah, yeah but that's right. Um, they bounce off each other quite well, but he's, he's um, Orange's also saying stuff like, "We'll have to laugh, last laugh on this lot one day. We'll clear it out, and uh, we'll, you know, go do whatever we want." And yeah. uh, it's kind of cool, right? Mm, yeah, I, I do like the sports day scene because, as you say, it's the interaction with the kids together. I mean, because it cuts in that montage bit, you see like a boy and a girl lying together, just chatting away as if they're boyfriend and girlfriend under a tree somewhere. You yeah. see, you see Sheila Stiefel cream cake in her mouth you know desperately looking to see how well danny's doing you know trying to spot him but not paying that much attention if truth be told because she's as i say she's more interested in doing the social interaction bit you know um yeah it's a great sports day scene i mean there are some really good sports day stuff in in british cinema i'm thinking of st trinian's there's some oh, really course, cracking yeah, ones in great. That too, yeah, absolutely this one's a good this one and yeah. again it's a ends in a musical montage mm. uh bg's doing to love somebody which is an odd song if you were just said what songs should we put to a sports day you wouldn't pick that but it works perfectly yeah the jew said the the lyrics to the songs really don't matter it's it's the actual the composition mood. of and the mood that they create and it just evokes something really different i think having a bg's record playing over this type of movie is great yeah. absolutely great and it kind of works by the end because uh we see da- um danny running in a really long race but he's thinking a melody you can see thoughts of melody it, it cuts you know, doesn't it to the time she's looked over at him throughout the movie like isn't it just and he's just running harder and harder isn't he yeah uh, so much so he faints yeah collapses <laughs> at the finish line and jack wall picks him up basically yeah yeah um and then we have the latin lesson <laughs> ken jones again and yeah no one's prevent you know and he's saying come on i'm sure this is prepared homework i haven't done it sir yeah take two uh which oh yeah i know that, I know uh, that. Yeah. take two um <laughs> And uh, Ornshaw also hasn't done it since that tape, and everyone's having a laugh. So they have to go and get the slipper, and it's like, uh, and they uh, go stuff their trousers. Yeah, now um, did that ever happen? 
because I, I don't think that would you'd always have got caught now you'd out. put more pants on is that what is that because <laughs> you'd never you'd, you'd uh, and i remember literally <laughs> boys say can i borrow your pants no you'd be borrowing other people's because so they... you borrow other people's <laughs> pants to put over yours so you'd have three nice pants because uh, you'd never um, get a book stuff down that would be too obvious but yeah yeah, yeah we didn't do this <laughs> sort of stuff but the old latin teacher made me laugh and it, that is such a perfect latin teacher you know mm. Uh, when you knock at his door, Vinita, he'd go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just um, pompous. And he had, uh, what was he called him Romulus and Remus when yeah. they came in and said, don't you, uh, empty your mouth or whatever, evacuate your Evacuate mouth. your mouth, yeah. yeah. And he just sticks his chewing gum on his locker. I <laughs> <laughs> just don't care. Uh, <laughs> so we get the, the slipper. Um, well, he discovers Danny's stuffed his trousers and pulls it out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love the explanation of why Ornshaw hadn't done the own work. It goes, because it's a, is it, because it's a bloody stupid language and no one uses it's it. Sorry about I'm not going to meet a dead Roman or something, he says. Because even it? if I met a dead Roman, I wouldn't want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> don't vex me, Ornshaw, don't vex me. But yeah, but what Ornshaw does, he actually says what every other kid in that class is thinking, pretty much. <laughs> the thing is, uh, Ken Jones in this is perfect as like, it's like the just pissed off school teacher yeah having to work day to, day in day day. out yeah that is acting right that is a, you that isn't oh there's someone acting being a school teacher that is being a school teacher yeah ken so. jones was brilliant i mean i remember yeah. him from porridge he was yeah, like, horrible yeah. lives wasn't he i think he was horrible yeah lives. he was uh, uh no one liked him didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah just the um, slimy little run that used to run around after mr grout wasn't it that yeah, was it yeah, yeah yeah um so uh he gets the uh, Danny gets the slipper without any padding so when yeah. he comes out he's kind of crying mm. uh, and uh, it's interesting that Ornshaw comes out first and he sees Melody hanging around he goes uh, who are you waiting he keeps asking Badrin and then he goes who are you waiting for then yeah uh, she's gone you might as well go uh, he kind of suspects something's up but Melody doesn't even acknowledge him does she she just sort of looks up no she's just doing her own thing pretty much yeah she just yeah. And when Danny comes out, he's, he sees Melody and he's kind of crying. But Mark Lester's not great at the crying stuff. So it's, not quite right. it's more from um, Jack Wells' reactions. Don't let us see you crying. And they go off a different way. Yeah. And then she's waiting at the bottom of the stairs. And uh, again, Orangewell's like, um, you can buzz off now, love. Ta-da. Toodaloo. <laughs> Bye-bye. See, this is the point now where uh, Jack Wilde has realised that Mark Lester is taking some sort of interest in Melody. And Melody is obviously taking some interest in Mark Lester. And where that synopsis we read out at the beginning, it's like, you know, Jack Wilde does his best to make sure that, you know, he doesn't lose his friendship. You can see this now. You know, he said, no, hang on, it's my mate. You know, you can see it. Yeah. I don't want yeah, to lose him to a girl, of all things, as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, kind of saying all these things that Danny wants to do. He says, oh, I've got loads of pennies. Can you go see that space movie you wanted to do. Oh, we yeah. could do this. We could do that. We could do this. Yeah. And he's like, not listening. He's just walking off towards Melody. Yeah. yeah. And he's shouting, Danny, Danny. But he just goes, and they both run off, don't they? The, Danny yeah. and Melody run off. Um, yeah, because they meet on the staircase, don't they? It's all happens yeah. on the staircase coming down. and it's, Yeah. Yeah. So where do we get to next, mate, after that? Because I'm, I'm trying to... Favourite bit. My favourite bit. Go on. Um, my favourite montage, anyway, the first of May montage, where yep. we get the beautiful song from the Bee Gees, the first of May. Yep. One of my favourite songs, actually. Mm. And again, for years, I did not know this was the Bee Gees. I just really oh, loved the song okay. from this film. Um, 
and they're just holding hands, walking through London. Uh, um, they go, yeah, they're just walking and laughing and sort of playing tag in the graveyard. And then they sit and talk, and she's sort of saying, "Why, why, you know, I heard that you're telling people you love me. Why don't you tell me? I'm always the last to know." And he's just eating an apple. <laughs> and there's a lovely bit where he passes the apple between them, don't they? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that is really sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Um, and again, Alan Parker said that wasn't scripted the kids just done that yeah there was one apple really between the two tough. of them yeah one apple between the two of them and they just instinctively took a bite and, and shared it between them and I never yeah there's t- a deep symbolism there that mm. uh, was unintentional but beautiful yeah um uh, that's very and she's sort of reading a gravestone because look they, they, they love for 50 years yeah. she says to him, will you love me for 50 years because of course I've loved you for a whole week already a whole week <laughs> <laughs> and then we get more shots of them like together Rare, we see red buses and, yep. and she brings uh, brings him to tea doesn't she and the mum's like oh yeah we've got plenty of ham your dad's is, back is, out on bow is there anything on their plate apart from ham because that's all I can see going into their mouths there's no like any veg or potatoes or chips or whatever nah, it's just a plate of ham <laughs> <laughs> vegans were a distant future <laughs> um, uh, do we end up uh, in Weymouth after this I think don't we yeah before that though we get mm. a great little vignette of, where they're, they're they're sort of doing stuff with you know sitting at the table yeah uh, this is the one time they are sitting at the table eating, that's uh, true yeah uh, Saying, uh, is he? It's not simple, is he? And she said, no, no. <laughs> not bothered by the question at all. No, it's but fine. the, the same time, is... they're just so pleased that she's brought a boyfriend home. Not a boyfriend, but a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, um, they, they are. They like the little. And I really think Roy Kinnear as the father is so good in this. He's such a nice. I like him in most things, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's great in everything, but in this in particular, I thought it was very touching. Uh, but certainly in some of the later scenes, and yeah. he's t- he's just entertaining everyone, making right? dad jokes, pretty much sort of thing, yeah, isn't he? Saying, yeah. My, yeah, if I wanted moving pictures, my dad would throw the boot at the wall and said, "There, now they're moving, <laughs> now they're moving." <laughs> and he tells the uh, the story of his uncle Roger, deaf uncle Roger, who gets his uh, hearing back, celebrates, but gets a champagne cork in the eye and, and knocks his eye out. Because <laughs> <laughs> life could be very cruel like that. <laughs> I'd love to know why. <laughs> He was in, on bail. What what he had done? Uh, well, you know, yeah, <laughs> I feel, um, probably things like this is probably a docker got caught lifted yeah, or something on the back of a lorry kind of, somewhere. Yeah, kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. low level kind of Del Boy kind of yeah, stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, we see school attendance and both. Danny and Melody are not around. Reading we, the register out. Yeah, that was a big thing, wasn't it? Reading out the alphabetical names and it's, yeah, here, right. here. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, in our, I remember in classes, we'd sit alphabetically. We did, yes, because you was a grammar school, same as me. We'd have to sit in the same desks so yeah. that the teacher would know who was missing sort of thing. Missing, yeah. who wasn't in their chair yeah. and all that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. We get and there's some nice shots of them at the, uh, you know, fun fair side. Yeah. Um, and the give your best... Give my best to your friends. Give your best to your friends. Yes, um, and it just it just works again. Yeah. You know, it's just this whole thing of them on a roller coaster, playing in the sea, eating ice creams, and yeah, bunking off school basically, but in the best possible way. Yeah, and I think there's some nice turns here from Tracy Hyde for the rest of the film, actually. Yeah. Because she was an actress, she really uh, conveyed the emotion well without mm-hmm. being saccharine. Yeah. Or 
Uh, this is not a saccharine film. It's a very sweet film, but it's not. It's not overly sentimental. I no. think it, it's just showing you putting a camera on some stuff that's happening. This is what I said about her earlier, wasn't it? I think she's perfect for the role because she doesn't come across as a child actor, actress, whatever. Yeah, she comes across as a twelve-year-old schoolgirl, which is she what does. she's supposed to be playing here, and it's she just does it so naturally. It's, it's believable, completely believable from her point of view. Yeah, and they're just talking about when they go to the seaside. Usually, she's saying, "No, oh, it's usually um, Dad stays at home and he's in the pub all the time." Yeah, she's laughing about it. It's not. And again, I used to go to the seaside with my grandparents, and my granddad was in the betting shop all the time. Yeah, my my old it's man just, would be in the pub. We'd be sitting yeah, on the beach. pub or betting shop. Yeah, my my granddad <laughs> wasn't a drinker, but he liked to flutter. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, and then Danny says, "Well, when we go to the seaside, my parents usually row all the way there." don't talk to each other and don't start talking again until we get home again. <laughs> so it's kind of a bit miserable, really. And they're saying, old people, why do you think old people are always old miseries? And um, uh, Melody's sort of saying, well, when you're older, you're supposed to know everything. That's why, maybe that's why they're always fed up. Because they've learned everything. They know everything. <laughs> she's looking out to see and saying, I, I just, I just, I don't know. Which is quite profound. It's the mysteries know. of life, isn't it? Yeah, they're, yeah. St- they're both inquisitive souls. We know this. They've both got intelligent heads, but they want to learn. They want to know things, how the world works. And I just love the fact that they've bunked off school together just to be alone, just to do their a, a kid's thing, you know. It's very sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, we, you know, they go in the sea and all that. But basically, the next shot is them in the headmaster's office, and he's kind of cross. Where did you go to Battersea Fun Fair? That's yeah. a usual one. Sort of and there used to be a permanent fun fair in Battersea. There Park. was. There always was a Battersea Park. Um, yeah. Do you know what I like about this? Mm. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, there was an accident, a bit like the recent ones in Orton Tales. Yeah, uh, and they just took the fair down. Oh. Uh, so that's uh, the roller. Uh, the um, Roller coaster. That was an accident on the oh, roller coaster. Hell. And it's... it was just judged unsafe, so they took it down. But there, it was there for years. Yeah, years, I remember years. that. Um, this scene with the headmaster, do you know what I like most about this? Um, as he's telling them off and he's walking around doing that sort of very headmastery thing where he puts his hands on his lapels, yeah, holding his sort of coat lapels, there's a picture of him on the wall behind him in exactly the same pose. Oh, man, I didn't notice that. I think I might have noticed it before. I didn't yeah. That's amazing. Exactly that amazing. the same pose. There's a black and white photo of him holding onto the lapels of his... Like, he's wearing a gown, isn't he, I think? Yeah. And, and there's a great... It goes back to it a couple of times. And, and James Costins is standing there berating the kids, but in the background, black and white photo, same position. So funny. You know, it's little touches like you said, uh, like that. Just wow, that's amazing. I do remember school teachers with gowns as well. Yeah. That was kind of funny. And I remember, I think I got into trouble because a prefect, some of our older prefects used to wear gowns too. And it was like, one had said something to me and I said, yeah, all right, I'll do whatever you say. Any friend of Batman's a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. into trouble, so. I think as I used to wear them on like official sort of like Founders, <laughs> Founders Day and things like that when they had to... We had to go to the cathedral. Oh, yeah, it was always there. But yeah. they also wear them during the day. It was like, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and he's kind of being a bit lenient, you know, saying, yeah, I can understand you. Yeah. And then she says, well, we want to get married. And he's saying, what? Yeah. This is and really he comes starts out. laughing, doesn't he? She mm. goes, we want to be together. Yeah. We thought that's what you had to do. It, it's not meant to be funny. He's really telling off the headmaster. He's like, but they're totally earnest they're so serious about this this is yeah 
and doesn't Danny return to the classroom and someone's written lover boy or something on the uh, it, um, when's the wedding Danny and they yeah, start yeah. 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 and meanwhile the girl, I mean it's very mean the girls are like confetti and, yeah. and she's just sitting at her desk looking down and they put a, like a, a cloth over it like a vow yeah which is like done in fun, but it's kind mm. of used again later in quite a serious way. Yes, it I is. Like. Yeah. Um, and and uh, then Ornshaw and Danny have a big old fight, and uh, Danny gets a bloody nose. Yeah. Um, the teacher pulls them apart and just tells them to sit at the desk. No more. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Danny Danny says, gets... um, oh, I'm sorry, Danny. I'm, I'm really sorry. Which is kind of nice. Instant. That's what boys do, right? Have a fight. Have a fight. And make up. Or... Make up. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and then we get what is I think really great. I wanna I think I probably put this in my top ten of dramatic scenes. Okay. Ever. I really like <laughs> it. Um where Roy Kinnear tries to explain how they can't get married. He goes, Yeah, he's he's so sympathetic. He's saying, Yeah, but the thing is, he's only a little lad and you're only a little girl. Yes. Yeah. She's saying, how old do we have to be for an amount No, is it twenty older? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And um, Kate Williams and the grandma are doing a great job. The whole family act. dynamic is brilliant at this point, isn't it? Yeah, it, there's it, a really tender, loving family there. Yeah, you can and, see it. Yeah, very good writing, I think. There's that's yeah. uh, as well as the acting here. Oh, Tracy Hyde's heartbreaking in this scene. She's just saying, "Tell me why you don't want." I just want to be happy. What's wrong with that? Tell yeah. me why. I don't understand. Just tell me why. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of very sweet. It's all very sweet. Um, and it looks like it's going to... That's like the crashing end of the second act kind of thing. Mm. If this was a three-act thing, which it isn't. I don't think it's that kind of film. No, it's not split up in that uh, sort of way, is it? No. No. Uh, but then the next scene is like, the kids are just not there at school anymore. It's like yeah. the whole class has gone. <laughs> and they're saying, that can't be right and all this. Um and then that's the scene where the headmaster walks into the one kid who's building a bomb on his desk. Building a bomb on his desk. No other <laughs> kids in the entire school. Um, <laughs> and, and this is where it becomes not farcical as such, but it does become slightly oh. stretching the boundaries of belief here. Oh, and it even gets a bit touch of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, you mentioned some Trinians earlier. It sort of yeah. reminds me of that sort of thing as well. You know? Oh yeah, it's definitely like the end of Blue Murder at Centurion. Yeah. One of those. Right? Yeah, it's definitely such a that. Um, so they basically find out from this kid with the bomb where they've gone. <laughs> he just tells them, right? They're underneath the arches yeah. by the railway, <laughs> and um, their master encounters another teacher. Says, "Shouldn't you be t- teaching two A or whatever it is?" And he says, "Yeah, but they just didn't turn up. Yeah, I can't find them." You know, it's, 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 obviously headmaster realizes something is desperately wrong here, and off they go in the, like the minibus, isn't it? The school minibus and and various and cars, mopeds. And... <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, because the female teacher jumps on the moped with a white crash helmet. Do you remember those? Yeah, white, white crash... crash helmet. She's a bit big for this as well. Um, <laughs> And Sheila Stiefel rocks up in her convertible. Yeah. And the headmaster's like, don't worry, just follow me. He's still <laughs> completely confident. He's got everything under control. Yeah. Um, and uh, meanwhile, we see uh, Ornshaw conducting a wedding, right? In, inside one of the abandoned like arches yeah, or buildings this, there. Yep. And Melody's got a, uh, like a cloth over her head, like a vow. And it's very sweet. It's like Hanky, basically, sweet. sitting on top of her head. But, yeah. and, and all the kids are there yeah. as a congregation, you know, as if it were a, a genuine ceremony. Yeah. It's very sweet. And he's saying, uh, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, he's just 
rattle through the book. He says, will you? And he goes, I, I, and Mark Lester's like, I will. He goes, yeah, I thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> and it does to, to a Melody. And then he says, I now pronounce you, but then they get interrupted. And right? then the teachers turn up and mayhem ensues pretty much. It does become yeah. a quite comical at this point. You know, the kids fighting the teachers or running away from them, desperately trying to reach out and grab them. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, and we get uh, Crosby, Steals and Nash teach your children. Teach your well. children well again. Shouldn't shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, it does work. It's kind of a jollier version of another brick in the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, um, Mister Dix isolates Onshaw, Melody, and Danin chases them specifically. Just him, yep. his slipper and book and stuff. <laughs> uh, whereas the rest of the teachers are getting merry hell with all the kids. They're, They're getting, getting ripped getting to shreds. Up. You know, clothes are being torn off their backs. <laughs> it's a bit grim, isn't it? And yeah. it's kind of almost like a primal fear. It must be a primal fear of teachers or anyone who's not used <laughs> to kids, right? Like, what happens if these kids turn on us? Yeah, it's kind of a bit of that, right? Yeah, totally um, outnumbered as well. You know, <laughs> get, and then uh, the kid with a bomb lights it. In Throws it in the uh, Sheila Stiefel's or Danny's mum's car. Yes. And blows up the car. Blows up the car completely. He kind of, he looks horrified that he's done it. At the same time, it's like, yeah, it works. You know? It works. <laughs> Ooh, I've done it. He does say, I've done it, doesn't he? He says, I've done it. Um, and then they find this disused rail car, don't they? Um, yeah. Manual rail car. And um, head off into Melody the sunset, and, pretty much, don't they? <laughs> yeah, just look, go off into the country, yeah. right? which is ridiculous if you know central London. Exactly, yeah, it's not going to happen there. But as I say, the, the ending is a bit bit far fetched, which is probably yeah. why I probably saw this at um, Saturday morning pictures because it is it ends on sort of like a children's film foundation movie type level. It does. Uh, uh, doesn't old Ormshaw shout as they go? Don't forget to. Change at Clapham Junction. Don't go change at Clapham Junction, even though they're heading nowhere near Clapham Junction. No, we'll no, that point. We've got to cross the that. river at some point. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Dix catches up, and but Danny's got the slipper because I think oh, Dix threw it. He, he did. Yeah, yeah. And he says, "Come on!" He's like tapping the slipper on his hand. Come on, Mister Dix, take it, like man. He starts chasing. <laughs> And they go off into the distance in British countryside, which is you do not get straight to the countryside from the centre of London. No, it just doesn't happen. No, but, certainly not one of those things that they're pumping away on anyway. Yeah. So, and that's it. And the titles come up. BG. So music. it's a fantasy ending, but it's quite up to then. It's a very grounded film. It, definitely, you know, as it's as we've said all along, it is just a perfect snapshot of school life in 1971 in South London, pretty much, you know, and that's, that's the best way of describing it. This whole thing about the wedding, I think is a, is a side point. Oh it, yeah. It's, it's not the be all and end all of this movie. It's like the end scene. That's the closing yeah, scene. Yeah. And it, it, it's in, in a way I like the ending, but the same way, like you say, it's a bit fantastical. Um, but the whole thing as a whole, it just works. And it's, it, it can I just read this review on Letterboxd? I'm going to read this. Yeah, go on. Um, this sums it up nicely. I first saw this as a small boy when it first came out, what is entitled SWALK, and I loved it then, and I love it still. Probably because the era, the age of the kids, and the location is a match for my life. Do you recognise that? The That's top? mine! <laughs> That's the one that I just copy and paste every time I talk about this yeah. film. Yeah, it's your review on Letterboxd, and it's, it's perfect. It just sums up that movie. You know, in, yeah. in two, three sentences there. Um, I have some very fond memories of seeing films at the cinema when I was very young. Uh, but this is 
the one that um, all the others, you know, you'd know the film. Yeah. But this one is the one where I felt like, am I the only person that knows this film? Yeah. Yeah. Remembers it. It's, it's is forgotten, it... isn't it? It's not talked about at all. Yeah. And for many years, it was like, did I actually see that? Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> I've had that. I've had occasions. And, and like also, that. I was sort of um, um, not. I was a bit nervous about seeing it again after many years. It's like it's never gonna. It obviously isn't a clap. <laughs> what I thought it was. It must be way worse. I just remember it really well. That's yeah. all it is. When I saw it, I was not disappointed. No, it certainly lives up. I mean, as I say, I saw part of it. I think in the seventies, and and didn't go back until two, three, four years ago. Mm. And like yourself, I'm thinking. Okay, because this was based on conversation that we'd had as well, and I'm thinking, I know Mark loves this movie. Let me try and find a copy and watch it again. And I've probably watched it every year over the last three, four years, and again on Blu-ray for the first time this week. Uh, I watched it one and a half times. And, mm. and I can't recommend this highly enough. You've given it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. I've just changed it to five. As yeah, we mine's, mine's a five. As we were talking about, it's like, why have I given this four and a half? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a five. I don't like giving the halves anyway, but it's it's a heavy four or five for me. So, in summary, mate, I mean, we we recommend this to anybody and everybody. It's a Blu-ray buy, it, and yeah. it's eminently rewatchable. As you kind of indicated, you've rewatched it. It's got something about it. the way Gregory's Girl has. It's just got something about it that's well, utterly charming yeah. and rewatchable. As we've said all the way through this, fans of Bill Forsyth, fans of Mike Lee are going to like this. I think. It's not Oliver, even though the kids are in there. There's some famous faces you'll have fun spotting. The interactions between adults and children is just magical. The interactions between the kids themselves is something outstanding. It's got the same ring of authenticity about it that I'd say Quadrophenia has. Certainly the first two acts of Quadrophenia has about teenage life. Yeah, this sums up five years previous. Yeah, yeah, kids that are five years younger sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely superb. Okay, mate, we're going to take a very short break and we'll be back after this. <laughs> okay, so that was Melody from 1971 just been speaking to mark off air and we've had such a great time it's <laughs> an hour and a half we've been chatting away yeah we have longer than the film as well long as the movie yeah um i would love for you to come back again sir and and as our guest i will give you the choice of movie perhaps the next time after that, i'll choose something for you but i'd like you to choose another movie okay and I, I think i'd like to watch some of that in some ways is similar in terms of the era and and what is evoking um yep. it was certainly made around the same time uh but i i really quite like this film but it's a little grittier and more adult than the one we've just been talking about which is it's the film that'll be the day uh with david essex ringo, and ringo star. star yeah yeah great uh, soundtrack again on it's that a great one. soundtrack it's got a similar kitchen sink drama but with a bit of vibrancy and life to it kind and of sorry i'm really da- i'm really dissing the the uh, <laughs> kitchen sink drama they're great films but they they're kind of dark dramas yes there's some there's some fun in these ones i, I can definitely agree with that mate i'm looking forward to that because i haven't seen that for quite a while 
Me neither, uh, but yeah. I, it's one of those ones I used to watch quite frequently, but I just haven't seen it all. Cool. Okay. As I said to you, this we we could be meeting next week, next month. It could be Whenever. two. It could be two. <laughs> it could be two years again for all we know. Oh, let's hope not. <laughs> um, before we go, you're involved in as many podcasts, if not more, than I am. <laughs> uh, well, I'm involved in several. Two of which are mine. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm involved in several of my ones, but two of them are kind of tournament. Uh, my main one is the good, the bad, and the odd. Yes. Where mostly it's myself and my co-host and my oldest son. Yes, it Sam. is. Mm. Uh, and we just talk about whatever we want to talk about. You typically movies, but sometimes we cover TV series. For example, we've recently done the Punisher season two series. Yes. Um, uh, we're going to be covering June. Frank, Frank, um, sorry, David Lynch's June, uh, and probably the June mini series after that okay. in the next few episodes. Yep. But we do all sorts. We do all sorts. I also have one, which I think if you like this sort of thing, you'll love which is a podcast specifically about anth- uh, anthology TV shows yes. such as The Twilight Zone, yes. The Outer Limits, uh, and stuff like that, which mm. is called Anthologic. It's kind of difficult to find. Go to www.goodtobaddio.com, find an episode, and in the show notes, you'll find the RSS feeds for that. But Excellent. for some reason, it's not coming up on iTunes, even though it is on iTunes, yeah, if yeah. you know specifically where to look, stuff like that. Um, so that we I, I do that usually solo, but I, I have guests, spots on to talk about specific things okay. uh, and man there's so many anthology tv series yeah we were saying uh, that it's ridiculous this. um so um i'm just trying to get through those but i'm really <laughs> loving it i'm really loving doing something that. different uh, mate it is something different rather than the movies and the tv stuff that we usually cover so yeah i'm glad you're doing that because it's really interesting stuff it is interesting if there's in, any yeah. particular shows you want to cut and say i don't know tell from unexpected or something let me know and I'll get you on for I that will be on. I cover it. Yeah, because I've got a couple of favourite tales of the unexpected. I'm going to send you a long list of shows, right? And I've got to pick a particular and you episode. you tell me which ones you want to come on for. Excellent. That, I'll be more than happy to, sir. More than happy to. All right, to. we'll do that. Um, and the other thing I'm often on is a I guest on a podcast called The United Nations of Horror, which covers horror cinema very um, very good podcast all mate. Sorts. Yeah, we really have fun with that i'm yep. often on with lucard and becky yes um uh, and we we kind of chew the fat over various horror films yeah, great uh, uh we're prepping for a, a show about true detective season one uh, we decided we cover that as season three is about to come out or yep. is out soon we we thought we'd cover what is considered to, certainly becky considered this the greatest tv show ever oh that's a she out. really likes it. <laughs> She's seen Twin Peaks with me. Um, <laughs> that must be a high recommend for tr- um, True Detective. Definitely. So we're uh, prepping to cover that. So those are the, some of the ones I'm involved in. The main ones. <laughs> yeah, the main ones. There's more. There are more ladies and gents there. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We should talk more often. You know, we shouldn't mm. leave it so long between chatting, mate, because as we said, similar age, similar memories, similar viewing habits, and it just makes the conversation flow, mate. And and I've had a great two hours sitting here chatting with you on a Saturday morning, mate. Yeah, it's been fun. Please it's come back really again enjoyed it. very, very soon. That's Real it from good. us. Um, Real Britannia, we'll be back with the um, usual bits and pieces. I don't know where this is going to fit in amongst the running order, so I'm going to put this particular episode out next, mate, I think. So uh, yeah. whatever we've announced on previous Real Britannias, this is just going to be tucked in the middle of it. Great. Thanks very much again, mate. See you very soon. Okay. Bye from me. Cheers. Bon voyage.
good luck. Thank you. British end up, sir.